Hello and welcome to Wake the F*** Up, a podcast about conscious living. I'm your host, Madison Palika, here to explore with you a holistic, healthy, and ethical way of life to help you gain awareness and self-empowerment. I hope to awaken humanity to the reality of the world as well as their own creative potential. Thank you so much for being here, and I love you. So today I'm doing this live because I wanted to talk about COVID and different effects that it's having on people. And one of the big issues that's happening is that, you know, it's not really that so many people are dying from COVID. It's more that people are committing suicide. And the suicide rates have been going up and mental health has been going down. So I just wanted to talk about some of the effects from the pandemic and the fear that's like being put out by the media all the time. So I got some different facts and stats. And the first one is, these are just some things regarding mental health. And this is from the CDC. So this is actually on the CDC website. And it says, During June 2020, U.S. adults reported considerably elevated adverse mental health conditions associated with COVID-19, disproportionately worse mental health outcomes, increased substance use and abuse, and elevated suicidal ideation. So this is from the CDC. And then it goes on and it says, respondents, so they surveyed people, and it said respondents who reported having seriously considered suicide in the 30 days before the survey, it was significantly higher among a couple different groups of people. One of them is 18 to 24 years old, people in that age range, they were up uh, 25%. Hispanics at 18%. The black community at 15%. Essential workers at 21% and then unpaid caregivers actually had the highest. Um, So I'm thinking of like stay-at-home moms maybe. And they had the highest uptick with 30%. And then it goes on to say that symptoms of anxiety disorder was three times the rate of 2019. So in 2019, it was at 8%. And so far in 2020, it's at 25%. And then depressive disorder has gone up about four times. So from 6% to 24%. Um, So that's just some of the negative mental health effects. But then it gets worse and it goes into suicide. Um, This is from JAMA Psychiatry. I just have the initials, so I don't know what the actual organization name is, but it's psychiatry. And they're saying that uh, more than the fear of the virus or actual like devastating effects from the virus, they're more worried about the handful of psychological and sociological factors of COVID that are starting to ring their alarm bells. And it says, the combination of physical distancing economic stress, 
barriers to mental health treatment, pervasive national anxiety, and a spike in gun sales are creating the perfect storm for suicide mortality. And then a professor of psychology and neuroscience at BYU said that a lack of social connection, this is crazy, a lack of social connection heightens the health risk as much as smoking three quarters of a pack of cigarettes every single day. So if you're in social isolation or you're lonely, just imagine that that is as bad for your health as smoking nearly a whole pack of cigarettes every single day. And this is a professor of psychology and neuroscience. So you're not messing around. Um, another issue that comes up with COVID and lockdowns is domestic violence. And this is, shoot, I don't think I wrote down the source for this one. Sorry guys, I don't have the source for this. But this one says, the US hasn't seen an uptick in domestic violence reports. Advocates say that's because victims aren't reporting or getting the help that they need. For example, teachers and social workers can't identify and report child abuse if schools and daycares are closed, which has been going on. I know some places are opening back up. I honestly don't know what the school situation looks like in Utah right now, but while they were closed, at least, there was no one to report signs of abuse. And then it continues, yet the rate of murder-suicide, so, and it specifically says a male partner killing the female and then himself has increased from last year. 30% in France increase, 20% increase in Spain, 94% increase in Colombia, 35% in, I can't read my handwriting, <laughs> and a 40%, 48% increase in Buenos Aires. So how COVID impacts those experiencing violence. The abusers are able to further isolate and control their victims. They are likely to share misinformation, especially about the virus, to control or to frighten victims or to prevent them from seeking medical attention or medical treatment. Shelters and counseling centers are either full or unable to assist. Um, a lot have gone online and not everyone has access to online healthcare like that. Some people don't have a computer or have literally no access to internet. Um, also, victims fear going to shelters uh, out of fear of being exposed to COVID. So there's less victims seeking shelters or places that can help them. And then also on top of that, travel restrictions impact escape or safety plans. So if someone has been stuck in lockdown with their abusive significant other, if there's travel restrictions, they might not necessarily be able to get away. So they're stuck. Uh, the New England Journal of Medicine says that the number of calls dropped by 50%. 
Um, and this is calls to domestic violence hotlines. And they're saying that victims are just unable to safely call and connect. Like, if you're in an abusive relationship, you're not going to be able to call a hotline if you're stuck in a house with that person. So this also connects with job loss. So job loss plus domestic violence. And it's saying that economic independence is a critical factor in violence prevention. Financial entanglements with an abusive partner is too convoluted to sever without an alternate source of financial support. The pandemic has exacerbated financial entanglement by causing increased job loss and unemployment, particularly women of color, immigrants, and workers without a college education. And then it says that the stress of balancing work, childcare, and child education has also led to a rise in child abuse. Um, and there's fewer times for the mandated reporters like teachers to report about this because kids haven't been going to school. So next I'm talking about COVID's impact on jobs and job loss. Uh, the unemployment rate rose higher in three months of COVID than it did in two years of the Great Recession. So in February, we had 6.2 million people unemployed. And by May, we had 20.5 million people unemployed. And this is from PewResearch.org. Um, and with job loss comes increased depression anxiety, distress, low self-esteem, substance abuse, and suicide. Um, so there have also been reports, I don't think I wrote the source for this either. Hold on. Sorry, my tower, go to, tower garden goes off and it gets so loud. Um, so this is about people who have reported that their mental health has been negatively impacted. And in March, 32% of adults said that yes, they were negatively impacted. And by mid-July, that rose from 32% to 53%. Uh, the most common symptoms were difficulty sleeping at 36%, eating at 32%, alcohol and substance abuse at 12% and then worsening chronic conditions at 12%. So part of the reason that I am doing this video is because I was looking at um, Lex Lively, formerly known as Miss Patriot, and she was sharing, I shared them on my stories too, but she was sharing stories of people who have been experiencing this and a lot of people were saying that their kids, like people, I think the youngest one I saw was 11 years old. Their 11 year old either committed suicide or was having suicidal ideation. And then people were expressing that their grandparents and other elderly people were stopping taking their meds, losing their will to live, um, really suffering from loneliness and neglect. So um, I got some stuff about the elderly in COVID and it says that they 
I mean, they already have stress because they're at higher risk with the virus. So it says that higher risk of, they have a higher risk of serious illness or death. 80% of all deaths from COVID cases have been the elderly. Just to give you a little perspective, 80% are elderly. Um, but they're suffering from social isolation, loneliness, bereavement, and they're having deeper mental health issues. Um, there was a poll. Yeah, a poll by KFF. So that's Kaiser Family Foundation. They did a poll of the elderly and 39% in May said that they were suffering. And by July that had gone up to 53%. And this specific survey was saying that the decrease in mental health actually worsens their physical health and increases, listen to this, it increases their risk of premature death, dementia, stroke, depression, anxiety, and suicide. And it was saying loneliness is the biggest killer. So in 2018, one in 10 elderly people reported mental unwellness. And this year it's one in four. 65 and older that are reporting mental unwellness. I don't like to say mental illness, but mental unwellness. So on the opposite side of that spectrum are children and COVID. And it's saying most of the factors for children are that they're feeling uncertainty, social isolation, and parental angst. And the frequently observed changes, which 85 85% of parents reported negative changes in their children's behavior. And the most frequently observed were difficulty concentrating at 76%, boredom at 52%, irritability at 39%, restlessness 38%, loneliness 31%, and uneasiness at 30%. And for children, especially because they're still developing, um, this is from the president of the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. And he said that social isolation and loneliness actually increases the risk of depression up to nine years later. Nine years. So they might not even be totally feeling it now, but it's making lasting changes in their brain. And because of the anxiety and weirdness that people are experiencing now, and you know, being around parents who are stressed or maybe they're getting angrier, easier, um, just like overwhelmed, kids are being wired this way. So the risk of depression goes on for nine whole years. And I think this is from the same guy, but he said that children have online class and then they end up spending the rest of their free time on the TV and the internet. So they're developing internet addictions, low self-esteem. I think that's pretty reasonable. I mean, we're older and we still get uh, jealous and have issues with comparison and body image. So think of all these little kids who are also spending all of their time on the internet and on social media or on TikTok and they're starting to 
already become addicted, but start that whole cycle of comparison and jealousy and low self-esteem. And it's saying they also are having lower interest in physical activities and are um, more exposed to cyberbullying and anxiety. Sorry. So then another aspect of COVID, which I'm only going to talk about this for a second because I think I'm going to do a second live and kind of go down this whole rabbit hole is human trafficking. And it's saying that the strict COVID restrictions are just driving the trafficking deeper underground, making it harder to find. Um, the masks also make it more difficult to detect victims. People face more exploitation in sectors where trafficking is frequently detected um, due to people's need to lower their production costs. So people are really in slavery. And it's saying that children are at a higher risk of trafficking because of the school closures. Uh, one is just a lack of access to education. The second thing is that I said no shelter. I don't really know what that means now that I'm looking back at it, but that was one. Um, oh, 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 because without the school, it's a place for them to have shelter and it's also a place where a lot of kids get their nourishment. So without those things, a lot of kids are ending up having to go on the street and beg or find alternative ways to get food. And then they get picked up and get exploited. Um, another aspect of this is the online learning and children are more vulnerable to sexual predators and the demand for sexual abuse material and online grooming has gone up. The lockdowns and confinement drastically reduce the odds of them being identified or removed from their situations. And a lot of police have actually been reassigned to COVID measures. So things like human trafficking are now lower priorities and there are less people working on it and probably less money going toward it. Um, okay, yeah, and then in my next live, I'm gonna go more into the things like organ harvesting, sex slavery, um, kind of the darker aspects of things. But for today, I really just wanted to focus on mental health. Oh, another, I forgot this stat. This is another one. Just about mental health connected to job loss. And Yelp put out a study, or just their data, saying that 60% of pandemic business closures are now permanent. So that makes... 97,966 businesses that will not reopen. So think of all of the families who are struggling and how small the middle class is becoming. Okay, so now that we understand the stuff going on in the background of COVID, I'm gonna start actually talking about mental health and how to stay sane during these times and stay happy 
and just be able to go on with your life like normal, even though things are so not normal. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is heart math. I'm actually trained and certified in heart math to be a mentor. And um, what heart math does is it helps you build uh, what they call resilience. So it's like your ability to bounce back, your ability to have energy and have positive emotions, your ability to make um, effective decisions, have clear, good communication. There's a lot that happens as a result of using heart math. And it's all amazing. So, the introduction says that of primary importance is practicing these science-based techniques that change the way your body's physiology responds in stressful situations. Then, automatic stress reactions won't dictate how you feel, respond, or perform whether you're at work or at home. It's important to recognize that we all experience moments when we feel in sync and on top of the world, when we enjoy projects and interactions with family, friends, and colleagues. Certain events and interactions, though, can disrupt those feelings. The techniques you will learn can help you get back in sync and back on track faster right in the moment. No one will even know you're using them which is true. This is all stuff you can do anytime, anywhere. Uh, people don't even necessarily know that you're using it, but it's really quick, really easy, and it has a whole effect on your mind, your emotions, your body, everything. So just to kind of more deeply explain resilience, um, it says your resilience capacity can be thought of as the amount of energy you store in your inner battery. I like to teach my um, clients that, you know, think of it as a cup of water. Think of yourself as a cup of water. And it's like, okay, how full is your cup? Like, are you feeling really empty, really drained, overwhelmed, like you have no energy? Or are you feeling like you're so full that you're overflowing and like able to bless other people's lives? So the greater your resilience, the more energy you have available when you need it. Having more energy means you have greater capacity to self-regulate and be in charge of how you respond in situations. Think of how many times that you have had low energy or you're in a really negative emotion and you choose to respond to something from that state. Usually it goes horribly or you do something that you regret and wish you could take back. But when you have built up the storage capacity of resilience, when you've taken your cup of water from here to up here, you can respond better and more clearly and be able to actually respond instead of reacting. And it's like, I feel like life is like a reflection of what you're feeling. So if inside you're feeling miserable, you're gonna look around and see a world that looks miserable and only reaffirms what you're actually, or what you're already feeling. Whereas if you're able to find peace and feel love or joy or happiness or ease 
or you know any of these more positive emotions if that's what you're filled with most of the time you're going to look at the world and see that reflected back to you so you there's i mean it's possible but if you're feeling good inside you're not likely to look around at the world and see it as this like dark miserable place you're more likely to see the good things so there are four domains of resilience physical mental emotional spiritual and the sweet spot is right in the middle where all of these things are working together and in sync so some examples of physical resilience is physical flexibility endurance and strength emotional resilience is emotional flexibility positive outlook and the ability to self-regulate i feel like a lot of people struggle in this area mental resilience is mental flexibility your attention span i also know a lot of people who struggle with this whether you're zoning out or getting totally lost in your thoughts or even attacked by your thoughts the ability to focus and incorporating multiple points of view just think about how bad people are at doing that these days it's because people aren't resilient people are working at the lowest energy and these low emotions so they quite literally don't have the ability to look at other sides of the story and you know be open to other things and to make make their opinions and their beliefs from this wider view rather than just like pinholing in on something. And the last domain is spiritual. So this is spiritual flexibility, commitment to your values, and again, this is a big one. Tolerance of others' values and beliefs. Again, I mean, I struggle with these things too. But people are having a really hard time these days, even just being tolerant of other people's views. You know, everyone's getting canceled in 0.5 seconds. And it's just really sad because that is not a picture of health. So. Jeez. No, I don't want to look at that. So the main technique that I use from HeartMath that helps me, and I do this really, really often, it's a lot easier to do this than to set aside time to meditate because you can do this on the go with people while you're driving. You know, it's really easy. It's just called heart-focused breathing. And it says, this is the, this is the important first step in stopping your energy from being drained and kind of recuperating from negative emotions. It says, heart-focused breathing is an effective technique to take the charge out of a stress reaction and start the process of shifting into a more resilient state. It's a simple technique that helps turn down the volume of stress. So you can't necessarily flip stress off, but you can turn down the, vo the volume. Combining the simple act of focusing on the heart area with a deeper level of breathing helps to draw energy away from your distressed thoughts and feelings. 
You interrupt your body's mechanical stress response and begin the process of getting your nervous system in sync, which is reflected in more coherent heart rhythms and significantly improves your mental capacity. Heart-focused breathing is the first step in getting coherent, but only the first one. So I'm gonna do it right now. And it's really easy, so you can do it with me if you want to. The first step is to focus your attention in the area of your heart. Imagine your breath is flowing in and out of your heart or your chest area, breathing a little slower and deeper than usual. So try thinking of your breath like a wave and you want to inhale and exhale for the same amount. So I will usually do about four to five seconds and I, I'm just going to do it with you for maybe like 15 seconds. So really simple, really easy, just imagining that your air is coming in and coming out through your heart. Most of us don't breathe. You know, we, most of us have experienced trauma. So along with that, we start to do really shallow chest breathing. And either that or we just hold our breath. <laughs> um, I find myself doing that a lot actually. And when you're not breathing, you're not sending clear signals to your brain. So when your heartbeat is all erratic, the neurons, um, sometimes I get worried that I'm not using the right words, <laughs> but um, like the neurotransmitters, they're sending erratic signals to your brain. So you're getting confused, you're losing energy, and you're more likely to have chaotic feelings and emotions. So that is the heart-focused breathing. And then a more advanced technique is called the heart lock-in. This actually changes your body's um, physiology. It starts to release chemicals and hormones that go along with happiness and joy and peace, and it actually combats the chemicals that produce anxiety, depression, sadness, loneliness, more negative emotions. And the more that you do this, you actually build your battery so that when you experience a crappy situation and you get triggered, you already have this full battery. So you're going to respond like taking some of this happiness and then you're fine and you bounce back really quickly. Whereas if your energy is down here, and you get triggered, you don't have anything to pull from. So you're gonna react, you're gonna be more upset and communicate less clearly and all the above. So this is called the heart lock-in technique. Um, it's a powerful method for helping you shift your baseline to create beneficial and sustained changes at the physiological level 
which is imperative for building a new baseline of resilience. Activating and sustaining coherence trains your nervous system to a new normal. <laughs> okay, triggered by the new normal. How sad. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyways, the nervous system begins to recognize this more resilient and energy efficient state as the familiar one. So it becomes your new internal set point. In other words, it becomes automatic. So the more that you do this, you're automatically going to start residing from this place of peace and energy and positive emotions. Your body just gets used to it. Building a new baseline is similar to laying a new foundation or downloading a new operating system. In practical terms, it means that things that once triggered you, the new normal, <laughs> things that once triggered you don't get under your skin as easily. You operate from a new set point. You also may find you have more energy and that you flow through your day, handling what comes up with greater ease. So I'm going to do this technique with you. It's three steps. The first step is that heart-focused breathing. So starting to breathe more deeply and smoothly and evenly and focusing your attention on your heart. Step two is to activate and sustain a regenerative feeling such as appreciation, care, or compassion. So basically what it's saying is Think of a time that you felt a really strong positive emotion. It can be love, joy, um, laughter, feeling, you know, connection, feeling the spirit. Try and activate that memory and re-feel that feeling that you felt. So you're really re-experiencing something and your body is recreating those happiness chemicals like serotonin or dopamine. So activate and sustain a regenerative feeling. And you can do this for a little bit. Just breathing in and out. And the last step is to radiate that renewing feeling to yourself and to others. So what I like to do is I imagine that I am in a bubble or that the sun is shining down this positive feeling to me. Sometimes if I need to feel peace, I'll imagine that it's like clouds raining it down and each little drop on my skin is soaking it in and giving me more, like more intense peace. Um, and you can do this. It's most effective if you do this for about five to 15 minutes. So this could, you know, take the place or just be a part of your meditation practice if you have one. And if you do this several, several times a week, it sustains and builds your coherence baseline, meaning that it's basically recharging your emotional system. And you, maybe you start from here and you start doing it multiple times a week until you're naturally acting from up here. And I think that might... Oh yeah, so your heart rhythms directly affects your physical and mental performance. Um, it actually impacts the brain centers that are involved in decision-making, reaction times, social awareness, and the ability to self-regulate. So when your heart is going all crazy and you're not breathing evenly, 
you know, if you're doing the shallow breathing or you're not breathing at all, it's sending information to your thalamus, which distributes the neural information. And if you're not sending clear messages to your thalamus, it's going to be sending things and signals and instructions to your body that make no sense. And they're going to be totally chaotic and then your body starts to feel weird and you start creating things that weren't meant to be and it's kind of just a downward spiral. So just putting this break in those erratic heart rhythms by breathing deeply for, you know, anywhere from a minute to five minutes, it seriously makes such a huge impact. So that's one of the things that I use to stay mentally healthy and not have debilitating anxiety. I know that at the beginning of COVID, uh, I was struggling really bad. <laughs> I was having nightmares and trouble sleeping and I would sweat all the time. I started having anxiety attacks and I wouldn't be able to eat or drink water and then I would lose weight. And then it would just like trigger my fight or flight response and then my whole body would stop working and I wouldn't digest anymore. And the whole thing really sucked. So I do that to help. Um, but also, I wanted to talk about your gut and how that relates to your mental health. Um, you actually have this microbiome with a bunch of bacteria in it. And these bacteria help balance your mental health. Um, I was just watching a video and I think it was saying that like, 90% of serotonin is actually produced either in this microbiome or by this microbiome. Um, so changes in this, uh, whether it's your microbiome or you just have inflammation in your gut, it can affect your brain and cause symptoms that look like Parkinson's disease, autism, anxiety, and depression. So for me, I have started eating a lot cleaner. Um, I like to eat whole foods. I'm not great at it, um, but I do eat vegan. I try to stay away from processed as much as I can, and I don't really eat sugar anymore. Um, I'm not the greatest at it, but I do try to incorporate actual produce into my meals. Um, and recently I have been working better to eat the right amounts of protein, fats, carbs, whatever. But also, um, part of what affects this microbiome is heavy metals. And having heavy metals, which they're everywhere in your environment, um, it increases allergies, acne, and anxiety. And many people who have too much heavy metals in their body actually report feeling sick not being able to sleep and getting frequent colds. So if you have heavy metals, you're probably gonna get COVID worse than someone who maybe doesn't. The heavy metals and toxins from our environment, this is by James Greenblatt, an MD, from water. We actually drink lead and copper. Processed foods and soda contain phosphate. Plastic food containers have various synthetic chemicals. Fruit and veggies have pesticides. And as for insecticides, it was actually developed during World War II as a nerve gas. So just think about that. We're spraying our food with insecticides and it was originally made as a nerve gas in World War II. 
And all of these things disrupt your hormones and your brain development and can give you things like anxiety, ADHD, and autism. So lately, I have been using this. It's called Advanced TRS. It's a heavy metal detox. Um, pretty much the whole thing is water, but I don't totally know about this, but there's something in there that's really, really tiny and it binds to your heavy metals and then flushes it out through the water. Um, suggested use, take two sprays in the morning and three sprays in the evening each day by mouth. Really easy. And it's also... I thought it was safe if you're pregnant. It's saying to ask your physician, but I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be safe if you're pregnant. So this is called the TRS Advance, and it's a heavy metal detox to help with mental health and physical health. Um, okay, yeah, and the heavy metals disrupt your hormones, which also, you know, have a factor in your mental health. So I wanted to talk about some of the homeopathic treatments that I use. Um, I go to, her name is Pam. She works at the health spot and they have offices, sorry. They have offices in Orem and in Sandy, Utah. So I take this supplement for my hormones, it's called Meta I3C. I don't understand half the language on here. Um, but it uses rosemary leaf extract and something called indole-3-carbonyl. I don't really know what that is. But this is what I use to help my hormones and it's really helped. Um, when I stop using this, I start to get more cystic acne and I can just tell that my hormones are whacked out. So this is something that you can try. And then I also take other supplements for my mental health. One of them is D3-5000. A lot of depression, like especially seasonal depression, it happens because you have a lack of vitamin D. So I take this and this is 625% of my daily value. I think I actually take this twice a day. <laughs> so they sell this also at the health spot. The brand of all of these is Metagenics. Metagenics. The next thing that I take is called Serenogen. This helps me make serotonin because my body doesn't. Um, I used to take anxiety medicine, but um, my doctor, Pam, informed me that my body doesn't produce serotonin. So when I was taking the anxiety medicine, it was recycling like the 5% of what a normal person should make of serotonin. And then I was still only getting like 5 to 10% of my needed serotonin. So this helps me create it. It says it's a traditional herbal stress management formula. And in this, it's just a bunch of fruits and roots. So there's jujube fruit, Chinese asparagus root, Asian ginseng root, Chinese salvia root, poria fungus, 
some other things that I don't know how to pronounce, so I'm not going to try. But this is called Serenogen, and I take two pills two times a day. Um, when I was really struggling with my anxiety, I think I took maybe two pills three to four times a day. Really helped. Uh, but I don't need as much now because it worked so well. And then the last thing that I use are these drops. These are called Cerebromax by Desbio. And it says, um, okay, so the inactive ingredients, demineralized water, 25% ethanol. And then the active ingredients is literally, you know, some of the things on here is pineal gland, 8X, thalamus, opticus, 8X, uh, dopamine, hydrochloride, 8X, 12X, 30X, 200X, on and on. Norepinephrine, 8X, 12X, 30X, 200X, serotonin, and so on. So it says that this can be used for the temporary relief of symptoms relating, relating to sleep, memory, and emotional issues. Uh, directions, use three to 10 drops under your tongue three times a day or as directed by a professional. When I was having my panic attacks, I texted Pam and told her that I was not okay. She had me taking 10 drops of this every hour. And I mean, it really helped. I didn't have to do that for too long, but seriously, I was so not okay. I took 10 drops every hour for maybe a day or two, and it really, really, really helped. Um, my mom's friend, I believe, also uses this, and I don't think she uses it every day, but if she's going into like a situation that she knows she's going to be anxious about or there's like a possibility of some type of emotional reaction, she takes the drops and she says she really notices that it helps. So again, this is Cerebramax. I use it every day, uh, usually just once a day, 10 drops under my tongue. I let it sit for a minute. And then if I'm having a bad day, maybe I'll use it twice. But sometimes I forget to use it and I still feel fine. So, yeah. Mm, yeah, I think that's all that I have for this live. Um, but I, for sure, I'm going to do another one talking about the deeper issues going on right now, such as, you know, the deep state, New World Order, globalists, and the Great Reset, um, satanic agendas, more about human trafficking, MK Ultra, all of that really scary, deep, dark, crazy stuff that is kind of hard to look at. Um, but I'm going to give you some actual real stats, like statistics and facts about that stuff so that it's not just floating conspiracy theories. And then I, in the second half, will do the same as this video and talk about mental health and especially spiritual health. Um, so yeah, I think that it's really important to understand how to find peace while you're learning about this stuff. Um, it's deeply traumatizing even to just 
listen to and know that it exists. That's kind of what sent me into my downward, anxious, downward, anxious spiral at the beginning of COVID. Um, but there really is like this great awakening going on, and I'm so excited for people to be learning about it. But I don't want them to be fracturing their psyches and not able to go on with life. So I'm going to talk more about mental and spiritual health, and I definitely am going to talk more about God. Jesus and the Bible and how they've pretty much prophesied everything that we're seeing play out day by day right now um, and they already won the war so there's really nothing to worry about as scary as things seem on the surface um, so I will be saving this video to my feed I'm gonna upload the audio to my podcast Got your podcast, I'm a fan. Yay, I'm so glad you like the podcast. It gets pretty wild, but I'm just so glad people are listening. Um, you'll have to let me know what you think of everything or like what your favorite episodes are. Uh, but yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, my podcast is called Wake the F Star. You actually have to put in the star, F Star CK Up. So Wake the F Up. And it's on Spotify and it's on iTunes. So, yeah, that's everything I have for today. And I hope that this helped you out. Let me know if you need any help finding the health spot or if you want to know anything more about these supplements. The heavy metal detox, again, advanced TRS. The supplements are from Metagenics or you can get them at the health spot in Orem and in Sandy. Pam is who I recommend going to. And then this is Cerebramax by Desbio. So yeah, love you. Thanks for watching this. And I hope that you get some good stuff from it. And I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope that you absolutely loved it and that you got some really good things out of it to apply in your own life. If you want to hear more, I'm really active on Instagram. My username is Madison Palika. I'm also on YouTube and Facebook, both under Madison Palika. So hit me up there. I would love to schedule a mentoring session with you or talk to you about course options. I would love to hear from you and I would love to hear what you think about this podcast. Again, I love you. Thanks so much and have the best day ever.